Welcome to the Blues Hockey Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Martin, here with a disappointed Chris Frank. Hooray. Yeah. We just got done watching, I guess the guess you can call it a game, the Chicago uh, Blackhawks defeat. Better the, than yesterday. Defeated the St. Louis Blues 4-2. We missed that game completely, thank God. Nah. Well, not completely. We saw the third period, which was not much. Which was just people fighting. It's like slap shot. Yes. But... <laughs> Uh, we'll go through a recap of this week's games, talk about some Blues news, and give you a look forward to next week's games, which look to be more interesting now than they once were yeah. a couple weeks ago. Now it looks like it's going to be a fight to the bitter end. Mm-hmm. So uh, a busy weekend for us. We're getting to the end, sort of. Yeah. yeah. we're. Uh, it's been a, a very uh, crazy f- 36 hours Yeah, with... Um, Justin, who yet again our, our third host, who's absent for the second week in a row, um, and Jason and I went to the St. Louis Comic Con uh, yesterday and walked around, which was really cool. Like you know, even if you're not a full on comic book guy or, or sci fi guy, um, I've always had an appreciation for people who could draw and do art and things like that because my stick figures look bad. Mm-hmm. So. The people watching alone and being able to look at some of the drawings that people have done is, is pretty cool. So, Yeah, so a lot of fun yesterday. Very crowded. Very crowded. But it was cool to see there were uh, more than a handful of people with Blues jerseys on. Or Blues paraphernalia of some sort. Yeah. That's, um, yeah, good times yesterday. Had that. A little, uh, little hanging out. Yep. Some good food. And wrapped the day up with uh, Captain America 2, which I thought which was... Which is brilliant. Fantastic. Highly recommended. So that's kind of like what's going on in our uh, neck of the woods, I guess. Yeah. So today is... Uh, today was uh, Blues watching, I guess, and... Uh, WrestleMania festival. tonight. And WrestleMania tonight. Everything's set up. It looks okay. <laughs> Everything looks... I mean, I'm, it's on the networks tonight. I'm trying it on via online for the first time. If I didn't oh, yeah. from Vince will, TV. Vince won't let you down. Yeah, I hope not, you know, because I'm like, I updated your app, Vince. Like, you told me to. Sent me a message <laughs> last night. Like, like 10 o'clock last night. Like, slap nuts. Remember, it's a... <laughs> That's, that's so great. So yesterday, side note, met Chris Jericho, which was fantastic. Which was really cool. Which like, is a big thing on my like. I when I first start getting back into wrestling. That's kind of like one of the first episodes of a uh, Raw I saw when he debuted. So it's kind of yeah. like somebody I latched on to for all these years. So it was cool to meet him in person. He's a super nice person. Uh, didn't meet Bruce Campbell like I wanted to. Like, saw him. Saw him from a distance with the five hundred people in line oh, in front of me. Crap, man. So I decided to give up. But Justin. No, not he went again today with uh taking taking somebody, yep. and he uh, got me an autograph. So which is pretty awesome. So so he balances out from not being here to get me at least get me autograph. So we'll give him a. We'll it's give him an a overall of a plus one for the yeah, day. We'll give him a hall. Uh, we'll give him a hall pass, I guess, for today. So, so now uh, now we can talk hockey since yeah. we're five minutes of the podcast and everyone's checking the headline going, did I click on the right podcast? This yeah. is the hockey not, podcast? This is not the, <laughs> this is not the uh, Comic-Con podcast. But anyway, so... Uh, we'll Trust get, me, the Comic-Con talk is going to be more fun than the Blues talk. This yeah, that's, that's probably why I went to that first. No but, doubt. Uh, Blues uh, coming off the 4-2 disappointment last week. Uh, Dallas was our last uh, yep. reviewed game. Yep. Going into a big game which they lost last time against Philadelphia at home on uh, Tuesday. Uh, probably the one of the best back and forth games of the year. Yeah, you know this is one of those games where you could tell that number one, the Blues wanted revenge for just not being able to figure out Philadelphia when they were there. Um, but as this game went along, and the longer it went as a scoreless game, you just felt both teams really start to buckle down, and it was such a great playoff atmosphere the entire game. Yeah, Blues. Uh... Fans were like fantastic, like cheering. Ryan Miller pretty much stood on his. Oh like, man. basically that was his best game, going from probably one of his worst games. As a I blue, agree. I totally to agree. His best, so very good rebound by him. Like there were three or four saves that brought me off the couch. That uh, again, night. Especially Michael Raffle had probably mm-hmm. three or four like one timers. Oh man! Each like most times that would be a goal. There and, was a save. I think in the third period, the whole game is kind of a blur right now, where 
Miller's going to his left, stops in the middle of going to his left, comes back to the right, and just gets a toe on a puck and keeps it out. And that was one of, like I said, a handful of saves he made that night that really made me go, oh my God, Like this is why you want Ryan Miller. He won that game. Yeah. The Blues played good. They checked hard. They had good shots at the net. Did nothing was getting through, and that was the one thing that made me really go, "Oh God, here we go." It's, here we go again. We're not going to figure this thing out. Ryan Miller is going to do what Ryan Miller does and stand on his head for fifty-eight minutes, and then give up one that you wish you had back, and it's going to be the Ryan Miller shutout. We lose one nothing, mm-hmm. but it didn't happen. Like Miller played that game like he was a man on a mission. Yeah, it was very good. Back and forth, like you said. 0-0 zero, zero after three periods of play. And also, uh, going overtime, which uh, there was a couple of decent uh, chances, I think, both there ways. Were. But not too much that was compared to what they had during the game. So. You, uh, I, I've noticed this vibe the last couple times the Blues have played a game that have gone into overtime. That they press really hard for about the first two Two and a half minutes of overtime. And if they don't put one in the net in the first half of overtime, they go down mm-hmm. into a lockdown defensive mode and, and never, push for the shootout. Yeah. And obviously that's because we have players that are like Oshi yeah. and, and everyone else who are damn near automatic in shootouts. Mm-hmm. And you can tell that the Blues take that first big shot in overtime, and if they can't convert, they're just going to try to wear you out and weather the five-minute storm and push it to a shootout. Yeah, so... Like I said, overtime is over, going to the shootout. Um, first Blues off, goal first, excuse me. And uh, Oshi again, with a nice goal. Yeah, I, there's nothing you need to say. The guy is automatic. Even the even goals where you don't think he should score, they just go in. And you have to wonder if he is reaching this point in a career where he's in goaltender's heads when it comes to a shootout, mm-hmm. even before he starts. Yeah. Between the success he's had in the past in the NHL, obviously what happened in Sochi, um, and the fact that it's the legend continues to grow about how good he is in shootouts, if it's one of those things much like, you know, back in the day with Gretzky and these great goal scorers that just always seemed to put a puck in the net, Brett Hall, Gretzky, Howe, on down the line, if goaltenders overthink T.J. Oshie on a shootout Mm -hmm. because he'll do the same moves in a game and sometimes he'll go in the net, sometimes he'll get stopped. But, dude, it sure seems like he can do whatever he wants in a shootout and he's going to score. So, and that's going to be great for the next five games and then it won't matter again until October. Because you have no way to do a shootout. But, yeah, you know, Oshie came down and did what he did, put one in the net. Uh, LeCavier uh, came down next. Really big save by Ryan Miller. Great with save. With his uh, right pad. Yep. Uh, Steen comes down next and just loses the puck yeah. off the edge of his stick, which I, th- I don't know if he had Emery beat, but uh, it would have been awfully close because I think he had maybe a half step on him. Uh-oh. Oops. Everything's falling. Dropped my phone. That's all right. <laughs> We're good. <laughs> and then uh, after that, uh, Drew comes down and a nice glove save by uh, Miller. Yeah. And then uh, Kevin Shattenkirk goes... Uh, low stick side on Emery for the uh, game winner. You know, it, it's funny. The three of us were all live texting as we tend to do during games and trying to pick the order of who was going to be in the shootout. Um, and Shattenkirk has seemed to get himself into that regular rotation of three of the first shooters for the Blues. Uh, and he does good. I don't know what his exact stats are off the top of my head, but I think he's at least five hundred, if not better, in yeah, shootouts. A little better, this year. I think. Yeah, I think he's like, I think he's like two for. Oh, oh he's got to be more four. than two. I can think of three or four off the top of my he head. He has six, uh, six career. Because I saw it the other day. He has six career, and he's second among demon. Uh, Dan Boyle has seven. So okay. you got to figure he'll yeah. eventually jump ahead and be probably the top scoring defensive. Uh, and shootouts, at least. Yep. You know, and once we're healthy, you think you have to think that you know Tarasenko gets into that mix. Um, back to the Steen shot and him losing the puck, uh, and obviously, you know, we saw what happened later in the week. But all of us kind of made the comment as that game went on 
that Steam just kind of looked off. Yeah. And it's something that we've noticed the last week or so that, number one, he seemed to be playing a lot. I don't know if angrier is the word, but more agitated. Or frustrated. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, He seemed to be getting into scuffles with the opponents. Everyone, yeah. Yeah, much more than I've ever noticed. His shot just seemed to be a little off. He seemed to be pressing a little more and uh, and and compensating and, and trying to do a little bit more than he usually has. So, um, you know, that shootout attempt was just another example of that. It, it just seemed like he lost the puck in the mix. And, you know, we get to the point where the next day we find out that Steen is day-to-day with an undisclosed upper body injury. Yep, and also we find out that uh, Barry Jackman is a little banged up, has a lower body injury. So Barry Jackman is one of those guys that always seems to have something going on, and to his credit, he plays, plays through, through it. it yeah, um, sometimes I was going to say sometimes to a default, sometimes to a fault. I remember he did a ton when we were not good. Yeah, yeah. Well, and what was like? I think the first year we were in the playoffs after the long drought of not making it, which was was that oh seven oh eight oh six oh seven yeah oh seven. Um, and we got swept by Vancouver. Yep. You know, it came out afterwards that Jackman was falling apart and basically held together with duct tape. And I remember thinking, dude, good on you for wanting to play and put your best foot forward. At the same time, I was like, chill there, out. Well, there comes that time where your willingness to play may not match your body's physical ability to go. And at some point, you have to do what's best for the team. Mm -hmm. And if what's best for the team is for you to go to the coach and go, Coach, I need to sit, then you got to do it. And I'm glad he did that. I I would much rather have him sit, you know, two, three games going before we go into the playoffs. Because as much crap as we give Jackman for turning the puck over and, and things like that, the dude is a solid defenseman and he gets the job done. You know, it's just he more than anyone else, I think, tends to stay quiet when he's hurt. Yeah, so Blues go to uh, the Blues State home, face Buffalo, and surprise, surprise, no Ryan Miller in that. You know, it's funny. We talked about that last week, and I made the comment, you know, you have to start him, right? With a question mark. I get that the hockey move, the correct hockey move is give your starting goaltender a rest against a bad team to get him rested and prepared mm-hmm. for a weekend against division rivals that are going to be in the playoffs yep. for the opportunity to lock down a division. That said, I can't imagine that this had to be anybody else's decision but Ryan Miller. Mm-hmm. They had to go to him and say, do you want to play? Yeah. Now, the story that I heard was that that is what happened, that Hitch went to him and said, Ryan, it's up to you. Do you want to play against Buffalo? And he said, give me the night off so I'm ready for Colorado and Chicago. Which, okay, that's great. Yeah, that's like, good. I mean, it's, it's, yes. Again, it's the correct hockey move. But it just, I don't know, man. There's that part of me that I know it's the Hollywood side and it's the subplot and it doesn't, in the grand scheme of things, really matter. But it was. is there anyone in the hockey world who was not wanting to see Ryan Miller versus the Buffalo Sabres. Yeah. Supposedly, I heard that if he if it was at Buffalo, that he would have been in it for sure. It would, have been, it would have been a bigger deal. But if it's in St. Louis, it wasn't as big of a deal to him, I guess. I guess. That's 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 what I kind of heard just via Twitter, just reading different articles and different people. I mean, I was at the game, and, and there was a lot of people who were bummed. I mean, there were a lot of people who were bummed. I have a buddy of mine who's from Buffalo originally lives in Des Moines, and he drove down for the game. And the day before, when they announced he wasn't going to play, he was like, are you serious? Yeah. Like, are you serious that Ryan Miller isn't going to play this game? But, you know, it is what it is. And, again, like, we can bitch and moan about it. But from a pure hockey standpoint, I understand that it was the right move. So, Blues start the game uh, off scoreless again in the first period. So, going quite a long time without a regulation goal. Uh, it's kind of similar that they had uh, – Earlier in the year, where they set a franchise record with over 189 minutes, not that long, but uh, two almost two exactly two minutes into the uh, second period, uh, Maxime Lapierre gets a, a night from a nice pass from Ryan Reeves gets the goal that goes by their goaltender, which I lost his name, uh, Nathan Lewin, because they're down, they have some injuries to yep. 
their couple of their goalies. So they're down to their third stringer. Um, tough one for uh, him, but yeah, nice to see Laperriere get back in. And that happened right in front of us. And Maxime was, dude, you want to talk about posting up and having enough time to eat a sandwich and call your mom and wave to some fans. Dude, LaPierre was sitting there forever, just waiting for someone to feed him the puck and ripped it by. And it was a great goal. Um, but I, I got to give Buffalo credit, man. They, that first period, and even after the LaPierre goal, they played tough. They played inspired hockey. So that was good. So the Blues uh, holding tough through that period. Uh, pretty much, I, I would say dominated, but controlled. Controlled for sure. Yeah, not dominated, but looking good. Cruising to the one nothing because you can tell like they're at half gear, half speed. Yeah, like. I mean, at times they're just like going through the motions, like look. Not I said looking past this game almost, and then finally. Uh, got uh, another goal from Brendan Morrow with a kind of scramble in front with an uh, assist from Vladimir Stavoka and Jaden Schwartz. I love that goal for this for the sheer standpoint that that is the type of goal that you're going to get in the playoffs. You yeah. know that is a patented Brendan Morrow. I'm not going to give up. I'm going to score this goal. Goal. Yeah, and then after not even a minute later, unfortunately, Brian Elliott strikes again. Brian Elliott gets the Ryan Miller shutout with a power play goal by uh, Cody Hodson. From uh, Tyler Innes and uh, Vili Leno. They make it 2-1 to one and Blues hold on. 2-1 to one win, back-to-back wins. Yep. Uh, looking good going into the weekend. Yep. The only the only things that bothered me about this game was yet again, as we talked about last week, it was another example of the Blues scoring a goal and then giving one up on the next shift. Um, and that's something that hasn't happened a lot this year, but it's now happened twice in the last two weeks, and it really really concerns me because that is a bad habit this team used to have for a long time. Yeah, so uh, looking good going into the weekend at home against uh, Colorado. Yeah. And, and Basically have a chance a chance to not clinch division officially, but pretty much clinch the division. Pretty much. You know, Colorado won on Thursday too. So going into Saturday. In overtime. If we if we had there beaten – um, if, we, if we beat Colorado Saturday – we were one point away from clinching the division. Yeah. So right. Uh, look. So plenty of motivation. Uh, unfortunately, not unfortunately, but we were at Comic Con, so we didn't get to see this game live until. Unfortunately, it was well out of hand. Well so out of I'll, hand. Uh, I heard the first period the, the Blues pretty good. Outshot uh, them fourteen to six. Uh, looks really good, but then apparently in the second, that's when the wheels fall off. Uh, Paul Stastny with a power play goal from Nathan McKinnon, Maxim Talbot at the one fourteen mark. McKinnon with a Long rebound goal from uh, Jamie McGinn and Nathan Ginn. Ginn? Ginn? Yep. Yeah, uh, at 6.20. Then Nick Holden with a controversial goal at 10.25. Yeah, you know, I saw the replay, and I know that the controversy was he obviously kicked that puck, and they said that it hit off of Ott's uh, blade yeah. before it went in. And... The the angles that I saw the replay of, I, I couldn't see definitively if it hit a stick or not. It was close. It's close. Yeah. Um, you know, I can't say definitively that it didn't. I can't say definitively that it did. Um, but yeah, man, like just that's that's a bummer of a goal. And again, I think the overall problem with this game was um, this team came in playing against a team that they have again fairly much dominated all season. Uh, you're on home ice. There's less than two weeks left of the season, and you have a chance to seriously all but wrap up your division. And the lack of goal scoring gets you, and then you give up a couple of goals, and it just snowballs out of control. Yep. Didn't look good. Third period, it was pretty much just everybody beating the crap out of everybody. Uh, yep. Patrick Bordalo with a, a high elbow into uh, Kevin Shattenkirk, basically bloodying him up. Yeah, dude, and that Bordolo was only shady. Gets, he only gets two minutes on that one. I don't understand that. Yeah, I don't at all. And I, I didn't look in the uh, in the news this morning to see if the league is anything. going to uh, review that or not. I, I mean, that is that's hands down targeting the head. Yeah, I thought he jumped and left his feet. Um, it's. Uh, him high, and uh, unfortunately, after that, Jackman comes in and gets you know does his usual face wash, and it evens out the penalty. So Blues don't even get a power play out of it, which they needed desperately at the time. Unfortunately, uh, 
the game getting well out of hand. Uh, Ryan O'Reilly with a uh, power play goal setting up in the slot from uh, Stastny and uh, Landeskog. Uh, third period, just tons of misconducts at the 1443 <laughs> mark. Um, I don't know if anybody who uh, we were listening to the game while we were driving after lunch was the greatest. The greatest penalty call I think I've ever heard in hockey history. Uh, from Tom Calhoun at the uh, Scott Trade, who's very well known by Blues fans as being the PA announcer at the Scott yep. Trade. Uh, basically calling out all the penalties at the 1443 mark. Uh, excuse me, it was not the 1443 mark, the 1752 mark for everything that happened. Um, blue, basically, he announced uh, Nate uh, Guin, Guinan, and then after that, his exact words are, Every well, everyone else on the ice... Has a ten minute misconduct as well. Yeah, like it's. It reminded me of uh, being at recess when the principal gets in, get, gets everyone in trouble and just basically says, "All of you, detention." Yeah, and that's essentially what just happened. Like you guys are all out of the game. Yeah, I'm. I almost tried to get the uh, recorded audio and it might have had the best quality, but I was trying to get it, and unfortunately, Justin started talking to me as I'm sitting there trying to record it off the radio. Yeah, good time. So I don't I I have it. I mean, I don't, it didn't sound that good, so I'm just not going to put it on there. I'll try to find it and put it on the uh podcast at the end, but if not, so we'll see if I can. Yeah. Um, that was just an overall poor performance. And again, you know, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago when we discussed the last game in Chicago where the Blues just looked um unprepared or uninspired. And I, there's going to be games where you just, you know, you don't have your A game. Yep. It's it, it's it's it sucks, and you don't want it to be, but it, that's just the way it is. Um, it concerns me that this seems to be a trend as we near the playoffs, where this team um, either just doesn't show up or throws in the towel early. Yeah, and just starts trying to punch everybody. Yeah, you know, which is entertaining for some, but when it's us, when it's like, I get that's the hockey culture. You know, it it seems to be if you're on a team and you get down three goals, four goals, and it's late in the game, your focus seems to shift from putting one in the net to putting somebody on their butt. And, uh, you know, it's what the Blues did. And I, I, you and I spoke about this a little bit today during the Chicago game. I know that we're a physical team, and I know that we have made our name on playing a style of hockey that is we're not going to go around you, we're going to go through you. And it's been very successful. But there are times where I feel like we are just a steamroller and there's no steering wheel. There's only forward. And there's times like, you know, the end of this game where what good does it really do to get into all these fights where you could potentially get someone else injured? Like, take your whooping mm-hmm. and move on. Yeah. The uh, Varlamov with the shutout. Before this game, the Blues outscored uh, Colorado this season 13-5. to Yep. Uh, won all the three games before this. But... Uh, did look, you know, didn't get the win. So what I really didn't like about this game was the uh, post game comments from Patrick Wall. Yeah, let's. Uh, I'll get into that real quick. Uh, basically, he called David Backus Bacca, uh, gutless yeah. for going after McKinnon. McKinnon, because basically Backus in in so many words, which I don't have. I'm trying to find the exact his exact quote. Where basically he's like, um, yeah, he's one of their you know skilled guys. So yeah, it's just the nature. Of the game, so basically, you injure one of our skill guys, we're going to go injure one of your skill guys, right? Which they, has always kind of been the hockey way. Which, uh, yeah, because you you know they didn't have. Uh, I think Stastny wasn't out at the time. It was Correct. it was uh, McKinnon's line. So I mean, basically, Backus jumped on him, and he might have threw him one punch, but it wasn't anything like it wasn't bad. anything awful. And you know, I believe Wall also made reference to the fact that McKinnon's only eighteen years old. And I, and I that is where I really kind of took exception to it. It's like, are you going to play big dad? Are you going to play daddy now? You know, he him's just a little boy. He doesn't understand. He's a professional hockey player, and he knows damn well what being in the NHL is. I don't care if it's his first season or his seventh season. We're t- we're in the seventies right now of games played. Yeah. Nathan McKinnon knows what happens in hockey. 
And it's not like Bacchus went after him and tried to decapitate him. There was a couple of big hits. He roughed him up a little bit. The kid's fine, and that's just hockey. And, you know, I know that Waugh is one of those guys, and Hitchcock even alluded to it, because I believe that right after Waugh's uh, press conference was Hitchcock's, and one of the reporters said, hey, did you hear what Waugh said about Bacchus and McKinnon? And uh, Hitchcock's response was, I don't care what Patrick said. He can worry about his team. I can worry about my team. Patrick is the guy who's always going to have something to say about everything. Yeah. Um, which is true. So. Which is very true. But I just thought that, that you know, if you want to make points about a dirty hit or something like that, that's fine. But to go, well, Bacchus should know better. You know, Patrick, you know, Nathan McKinnon's only 18 years old. So what? Yeah, I, I mean, he's playing, you know, He's playing professional hockey. hockey. So. The last time I checked, he wasn't wearing one of those peewee jerseys that has the red stop sign between the shoulders on the back. Yeah, he didn't. he's not wearing a no-contact jersey. I mean, he's there. I mean, it's just competing. I mean, I had no problem. I mean, nobody likes Bacchus around the league. I mean, I can see why people think he's cheap at times, but there's plenty of other players around teams that we hate. Of course. You know, like how many years do we hate uh, Tomas Holmstrom? Yep. I hated that dude so bad. But everybody in Detroit loves if, him. That dude is like welcome with open arms every oh, time yeah. he comes back to Detroit. And it's like that dude was an a-hole. If, him and if a, like said, Martin LaPointe, yeah. Chris Draper, like guys like that I hated. Look, if Bacchus had taken a cheap shot at McKinnon, then I would have – I'd be the first to say that's kind of a cheap shot. Yeah. But he didn't. I mean, he hit him hard. But he stayed within the confines of the game. And I believe he got a penalty. So, I mean, it's like you guys – and they had, like, literally a five-minute five-on-three. or yeah. like It was ridiculous. Um, Moro got – which I thought was weird. Like, the Bordalo got two minutes, which I thought should have rewarded more. Uh, that the Moro's in front of the net, and literally he's kind of just sparring with forget who it is, and then maybe Bordalo. I don't know how the Bordalo penalty was not at least a double minor. Yeah. He, I don't know either. So I have no explanation. Morrow cross-checks, uh, forget who it is, right in the chest, and he gets five minutes of game misconduct. Yeah, I... Which wasn't... Because I, I, we missed it, because we were at the at a bar, eating and hanging out. And we Joey look up, D's. and all of a sudden, there's a five, you know... Huh? Joey Double D's? Or Joey B's? <laughs> Joey B's. And then, uh, you know, that's what happens. And it was just a bad game, so... And, you know, and I think that's probably what played into the uh, five-minute major, was the game was getting out of hand... Things were getting chippy. The Blues were starting to really push their weight around. And I think the refs basically needed to put an end to it and make a statement going, if you do this, you're done. Yeah. And it, it sucks because I don't think that was the right call. But I I'm, I would say that's probably why that happened. Yeah. One last note from the Hitch's comments about the game. He said he was really uh, second-guessed himself about putting uh, Reeves out after the Bortolo hit. He, believes he, should, he, he basically said that he didn't want anything to escalate too much to the point of, like, I don't know, like a line brawl, I guess. He didn't really say that, but he's like, I think I should have put him out there. So it was kind of weird, yeah. weird slash nice to hear him, like, yeah, I think I, he's second-guessing himself, like, publicly. So who knows what would happen if Reed because Reeves very much rode the bench the rest of the game. By the end of the game, the Blue had six players on the bench. I, uh, That's how many misconducts and game misconducts there were. I have bigger issues with uh, Coach Hitchcock that line we will get after we discuss uh, Sunday's Blues-Blackhawks game. Yeah, so it's a game we just finished up watching. Uh, Blues drop another one. Basically, the worst possible thing could happen this weekend is getting yep. swept in regulation by both teams handily, getting outscored 8-2, to two. Blues lo- total. Blues lose 4-2 to two against uh, Chicago. And now you're in a situation where you could have, for all intents and purposes, wrapped up your division this weekend to uh, you now have five games left, and you are going to be in a dogfight to win your division. Yep, so Blues uh going to be desperate, but let's go into this game a little bit. Started off good. Blues power play actually was clicking at almost a two-minute mark. Jaden Schwartz with a wrist shot after his uh, first shot is blocked. Uh, I think it was more of a slap shot. And then yep. Brendan Morrow with the assist along with Alex Petrangelo. Uh, Blues uh, go ahead in the first period without pretty much getting outshot and not playing that well yeah. near the end of it. Yeah, the Blues came out hot, which, you know, you wanted to see, especially off the heels of such a a, a poor effort uh, yesterday against Colorado. And the power play, what I liked about this power play was that it was not 
what we have complained about in weeks past, which is, you know, make 18 passes and cycle the puck 14 times and look for the pretty wide open shot. Um, you know, they did cycle the puck, but Schwartz got the puck in the slot and just skated in and shot. And the first one was blocked and it came right back to him and he took a step to his right and fired it again and it went in. And that's what we've been saying day in and day out with this podcast is this team's success does not come with the elegant, pretty play. It comes with volume. And this team, if they're going to succeed, has to just shotgun blast pucks at the net. And get a couple of pretty ones, but also get a couple of second chances and third chances and dirty goals. And that's what that was. Yep. So the Blues uh, you know, scrambling through the first period. Uh, going to the second, uh, Elliot seemed to this game, which we both pointed out, seemed to have trouble catching pucks. Very much so. Or there just was... controlling, like getting a puck and then controlling it after it hits him. He seemed to be very shaky with the glove. And there was a couple in the first period and a couple in the second where you know he was either taking the puck off the heel of the glove or the or the tip of the glove and giving up really juicy rebounds. There was a chance in the first period where I don't know how the Blackhawks don't put it in because it's it's a routine shot on goal. It goes off the top of his glove straight up, lands, gets kicked to the right side of the goal, and I I think it was sharp. Had the puck spun and shot it, and it uh, it must have gone off of someone's skate, missed. But there was a couple of occasions today, and, and one of them that came back to bite the Blues in the ass and cost them a goal, where Elliot just did not cleanly field the puck with his glove. Yep, and that goal comes in, and uh, Jeremy Morin gets a uh, his third of the year. This is from Brian Bickle, who took the original shot at eight thirty four, the second, and then the goal that. Backbreaker and basically kills me at the end of a period at 1933. Patrick Sharp with a two-on-one one-timer goal, his 33rd of the year well, from Jerry Morin and Andrew Shaw. Again, it, it seems to be the, uh, you know, we can joke about the Ryan Patrick shutout, which has given up one goal. Ryan Miller. Uh, Ryan Miller. I'm sorry, Ryan Miller. Uh, Ryan Patrick's my friend from Buffalo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ryan Miller shutout. You know, the Brian, uh, the Brian Elliott rule seems to be giving up a goal with you know zero time left on the clock yeah. at least there was 30 seconds left in this game <laughs> yeah um but again you know last minute goals man and that's that's a heartbreaker as a team that's kicking the gut especially with the fact that if you're the blues right now you're thinking all right we played decent in the first period we got the lead we gave up a goal in the second but we hang tough. We go into the third period. We're going to be tied. Let's just, you know, let's get to the end of this period, take 20 minutes, rest up, go out third and play strong, and bam, you go from that mentality to now you're going into the locker room down 2-1 to one yep. on the road. And unfortunately, it got worse very early on. The 56 seconds in, Marcus Kruger gets a goal from uh, Joachim Nordstrom. Uh, pretty much one of those things where on uh, uh, no, uh, Nordstrom took the shot coming in off the right wing after an awful pass by Steve Ott, who had control of it in our zone, threw from the right boards to the left boards, and yeah. nobody over there. Petrangelo tried to jump up and get it, but he laid off, let Nordstrom walk in. Nordstrom with a nice shot from the red dot on the right-hand side. Uh, hits the post, hits Elliott, and then pretty much lays in the line, and Kruger crashes the net, beats Bo Meester and I believe Ott, who was coming back to defend him. One of the three to one lead early in the third. One of the bigger problems that we've noticed, and you and I talked about this, it seemed right before the second goal, and then again with the third goal, is um, the sloppy defensive play in our own zone when it comes to either clearing the puck out or just collapsing and getting loose pucks. And, you know, this Ott pass is just a, a great example of that. that you're not paying attention to really what's going on around you or you're not communicating with the other players that are on the ice for you. And, you know, bad turnovers like that are going to bite you in the butt nine times out of ten. And this one sure enough did. And that was, you know, that was one where I looked at you and I was like, and I think we're done. Yeah, it was uh, 
killer. And then we call it the Hope, hope goal. goal. The Hope Goal at 17.58, uh, Saboka, which I just complained earlier in the game where I, when they were showing some highlights of some goals that were scored against Chicago. Yeah. Where they were just like simple shots from the outside and we'll Crawford just, just mishandles. Yeah, and just, and lo and behold, pretty much what Saboka did, comes in on the left wing, takes a shot, kind of a knuckleballer pretty much. Yeah. And they kind of just handcuffed Crawford, gets by him. Uh, Blues within uh, one after they were just, Elliot was just getting to the bench. Yeah, like Elliot was just skating to the bench, so I don't believe that was a uh, a six on five goal, no. but it was. Uh, or if it know, was, it was like just yeah, past like second. just past. Yeah. Um, but again, you know, the Blues pull it within one, and you you at this point think, okay, maybe we can do this. You know, maybe this puts enough spark into us. And to the Blues' credit, they came out and played inspired for the last two and a half minutes. Yep, and the Blues had some pressure at the end uh, of the period. Uh, with about 10 seconds left, yep. uh, Petrangelo winds up for a point shot to get the puck in, you know, on net. And just how this game and this weekend has gone, his stick just shatters. Yeah. Right into um, right and, and then right to one of the Chicago players who literally just hauls down the What ice. are you going to do? I mean, it, yeah. Petro stuck with him down the ice, but he had no stick. Yeah, you can tell this Petrangelo's look afterwards where he's just sitting on the ice yep. at the other end while they're celebrating, and he doesn't get up for a good... 30 seconds yeah it makes its way over just that it's disheartening it just it seems like let I me mean, see the efforts is like i think there's some effort that is there yeah but some of the coaching decisions which we'll talk about yeah um my and, oh, excuse me ben smith was with that goal from verse to get the 1956 mark for 42 win so my my biggest problem with this game um really had less to do with the product on the ice, as far as playing wise, and more with how the product was presented, uh, and it's something that you and I have talked about in podcasts past, and it's something that is widely known uh, in the hockey world when it comes to Ken Hitchcock, is that he, more so than many other coaches, loves to tinker with the lines. And I understand right now that the Blues are playing without a couple of key players. They're playing without Alex Steen. They're playing without Tarasenko. Um, but that should not mean that everything gets put into a blender. I also understand you're coming off a very uninspired game the day before against Colorado, but when I'm driving in and I'm listening this morning to Chris Kerber give the lines and they say that the top line is David Backus, Jaden Schwartz, and Steve Ott. Why? Yeah, we don't. Why? Yeah, and that, like, that follows up the previous line, first line of the game before in the Colorado game of Bacchus and o- with Oshie in the wing and Yaskin. Uh, no, Chris Porter. That's right, Chris Porter. And the game before that was Yaskin, Yaskin. which is just like, dude. I yeah, no, here's the thing: offense, it, when you're in a situation like that, and I understand you want to have balanced scoring, you don't want to completely front load to where all of your scores are on the top line. I understand that. You have two-thirds of your top line, which has been your top line for the majority of the year, healthy and backy mm-hmm. and backy, sorry, <laughs> Bacchus and Oshie. We're tired. Very tired. <laughs> tired. Why not just put Jaden Schwartz up on the top line and call it an effing day? And have a dominant he, line. He's been there before. You know, there was a time when Steen came back earlier in the year from being out. Schwartz was on the top where line. Schwartz was on the top line, and the line was doing so well, they put Steen on the second line. If, you, if you're without two players, why not move Schwartz up to your top line, who has chemistry already mm-hmm. with Bacchus and Oshi? You plug in, you know, Porter or Yaskin or whoever into that second line where you've taken uh, Schwartz out of, you plug someone else, your other guy, into the third line for Tarasenko and just roll. Because, again, and I don't mean to sound like a broken record, we're a week and a half away from the playoffs. Mm-hmm. We have five games before we go into the Stanley Cup playoffs. There needs to be chemistry with these lines. And at some point, you have to just go, these lines need to set. They do. Because if you keep pairing people with other people and switching lines and one day you're on the third and one day you're on the first and then the next day you're on the fourth, you're never going to be comfortable with your role in this team. Mm -hmm. You're never going to be comfortable with your ice time. You're never going to be comfortable with your line mates. 
And it's just going to be a mess. And I think that was part of the problem today. Is It's not that Steve Ott can't be a top-line guy. He absolutely can. But you're asking him to go into a situation on the road against a rival, a good rival like Chicago, and play top-line minutes, which he hasn't since he's been here. I don't think he's played on a line with Bacchus or Oshie at all, aside from maybe practice a couple times. And now you're wanting him to perform with top-line minutes. That's not easy to do at all. Yeah, so. so I just I, I I put some of the blame on this game on Hitchcock for yet again like overcomplicating a situation. Yep. Like being shorthanded is something you have to deal with, but Chicago's dealing with the same thing. Chicago is missing their top two players. And they didn't throw everything into a bag and redraw. They just moved around to make the best line up top and then filled in below. And it doesn't seem like Hitchcock does that. He's constantly tinkering and, and moving and, and, and switching people and you know moving back from a center to a wing or this guy from here to here. And it's I I fear that we are going to go out into the playoffs with no continuity, no chemistry, and look lost. Yeah, so I agree with everything. Pretty much like I think you need to set a line the best you can. And uh, you're going to be without some guys. Hopefully, Tarasenko will be back sooner than later. We got a little bit of news on that. Yep. But uh, overall, yeah, pretty much I echo the same thing. I think you need to kind of set stuff and just roll with it. And just now, unfortunately, you really got in a dogfight because you're could be potentially, depending on the game tonight, three points difference between you and Colorado with four yeah. games to play each. Um, that's. Not That's good. No, not at all. And you, with you having a comfortable lead like about a week and a half ago, you was pretty much we are talking in our, one of the last podcasts. You use these games to fine-tune things, get things straightened out, and go ahead. But then all these games are going to matter now. Yeah. Before, you went before from, pretty much we were like saying, you know, every game but this weekend, this past weekend. This weekend was the most important two games of the last ten. Yeah, hands much. down. Hands down. Now the you're way playing. everything's set up, you're going this weekend. You had both teams directly below you in your in your division, back to back, with a chance to wrap up your division, or at least get it to the point where they would have to win out and you would have to lose out not to get the division. Yeah. So now, now you're not. You have a strong possibility of not winning your division. And facing Chicago in the first round instead of Correct. one of the lower Now, states. you would still have home ice against Chicago. But I'd rather face, well, I mean, right now, I mean, facing th- Dallas. Theoretically, theoretically, yeah, Chicago could jump up and we could fall all the way to third. It's highly unlikely. Highly yep. unlikely. The, the, the better scenario would be that Colorado jumps us and takes the division and we move to second which puts us in a first-round matchup with the Chicago Blackhawks, mm-hmm. which I don't think anybody wants. Yep. The fact that this team was so flat this weekend is... It literally almost put us to sleep. I mean, you were sitting there kind of talking, and all of a sudden, yeah. before both of us in our eyes are starting to but slowly close. It's, it's just unacceptable. Mm-hmm. This isn't the first week of the season. You're supposed to be tuning up for a run for the Stanley Cup. That is why you went out and got Ryan Miller. That's, That's why, why you made these trades. That is what you've worked for all year. And to enter this weekend and just play as poorly as you have for both of those games is inexcusable. It's inexcusable from a coaching standpoint, from a playing standpoint. Everyone. Everyone's accountable. And I get that you're to the point now where you can't really practice to shake it off because you've got game off day game off day game off day but you better figure stuff out and you better figure stuff out quick because this week it's not like you're playing schlub teams yep you're playing the dallas stars again who could be a first round matchup you're playing the washington capitals who ran your butts out of the arena when they played you earlier in the season when you were dominant. And you're facing your former goalie, and the team is desperate to get in the playoffs. That's right. And you're you're ending the season with the Detroit Red Wings, who, newsflash, have owned your ass for the better part of a decade. 
and who was also fighting, fighting for, for a playoff, playoff spot. spot. So none of these teams that you're playing are rollover teams. Are none. Dallas is pretty much the last one. Yeah. Oh, excuse me, I Dallas, mean, Buffalo, excuse me, Buffalo. They all have something to play for. As do you. Like, this week became a lot more difficult than it really needed to be because the Blues just needed to handle their business Saturday and today and did not do so. Yeah, pretty much if the Blues... The playoffs start today. Yep. And that's how you have to treat this as if you're the St. Louis Blues. Yep, start... The, the regular season's over. The next four games... Is your first round. Is your first round. Yep. Because you are now playing to, number one, win your division... Stay away from the Chicago Blackhawks and Colorado Avalanche. Yeah. To get home ice, and I don't care about this as much as the as as Hitchcock seems to, because Hitchcock really seems to have a boner for this. Win the President's Trophy, and to be quite honest, you're now two points back uh, with the same amount of games played as Boston. I don't know if that's going to be a possibility. Yeah, it's time to start to as our favorite phrase that we're going. Blues need to go uh, balls deep this week. Yes, it is a balls deep weekend. Yeah. There's no more texting. There's no more joking about what's going to happen here and there. You've got to focus. And there's nothing else that needs to be said. You have to buckle down right now. So I'm going to start I'm going to start a new little thing I just thought of while we were talking in my head. So we're going to start our uh, first uh, from here on out for us here. The uh, St. Louis Blues fan panic meter. So where is the Blues fans panic meter at today, Chris? I out of, would out of a it, ten. Out of, we're going out of a ten. Yeah. So obviously ten being uh, jump, jumping off the uh, bridge at this moment. Or at right now after this game, where where should where okay. where is it or where should it be? We're going where should it be? Where it is is ten. It where should, should it be, be at a four. You think so? I was going six. And I'm, I'm, you know me, I'm usually at least halfway decent. Not I, I'm going six because I was. I still so believe unimpressed. Saturday and Sunday were an awful. That's showing. the thing. That's the thing. Like I all week the 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 Philly game gave me hope that they can play that tight game. And that's exactly they mm-hmm. played like the exact game that team is built to do to go from that on Tuesday to what what they did on Saturday and Sunday well, is is ludicrous. As we said last week. All the Blues need to do is go 500 down the needed to go 500 down the last eight games to win everything they needed to do. Let me see. And they're see. doing that right now. They mm-hmm. went two and two this week. Correct. I'm just trying to see the last kind of which would have been four and four to end the, to end the season. So you're now with those four done. You have four games remaining. Yeah, because we're out this week's two and two. So you have four left. So you figure if they go 500 this week, as long as. As long as Chicago, excuse me, as long as Colorado doesn't go four and zero, right now. Now again, Colorado has now won six straight. Yeah, and they are playing today against Pittsburgh. They're playing Pittsburgh. Who Pittsburgh has not been the Pittsburgh of old. Yeah, they, they got shut out last night. Yeah, they they've been downward sliding as well. Um, I still think if the Blues go five hundred this week, we win the division. I don't know if we win number one overall. Which, to be quite honest, I'll tell you right now. I would be cool right now with not being number one in the West, because I do not want to play the Dallas Stars. I yeah, I want Minnesota really, really bad. I would I would rather play Minnesota or Phoenix. I don't think Phoenix is going to make it. I think the two wild cards are going to be the Stars and the Wild, mm-hmm. and I would much rather play the Minnesota Wild than the Dallas Stars. The Dallas Stars have the Blues number; yeah. they just do. And the other way, and the other thing that I kind of look at that maybe okay, maybe I'm gonna adjust my scale. Is that all right? Can I go back and adjust the scale? Sure, down to a five. Just uh, looking at like um, Anaheim and San Jose, who basically have been losing as well. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, they're not exactly 100. percent You know, either going to the playoffs the way they were, because um, Anaheim is not that far behind, like ahead of us. I mean, behind us, but yet they've played a lot more games. So. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And the Sharks, I think, have played one or two more games, too. Um, I am going to try very quickly to pull up the Colorado and Chicago remaining schedules uh, just to see what we're looking at as far as their competition versus ours. Because we know the four teams were playing uh, Dallas, uh, uh, Detroit, Washington, and why can't I remember the fourth? Um, Detroit. You say Detroit. It's a Detroit. 
Um, you said it all. Washington, Minnesota. Detroit. Minnesota. Those oh, sorry, Minnesota. Okay, so you look at Colorado. Colorado has Pittsburgh tonight, and then they have. Um, Sorry, I'm having to go day by day to see this. They have the Edmonton Oilers. That should mm, be a win. Should. Uh, they have... Uh, 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 the Vancouver Canucks. Could be a win. Should be a win. It's on the road. Uh, they have... Us. The San Jose Sharks. Should. Probably. Which, that's going to be a good game. And that's in San Jose. Yeah, so, so that's that. That's going to be a, that's not an easy one for them. Us, right? And then they close the uh, Avalanche will close okay, out on Sunday against the Anaheim Ducks. Another hard one. So they've got two that they should win. Two that who knows? Yeah. Again, two top tier teams. The Chicago Blackhawks have um, stand by. The Chicago Blackhawks have stupid phone. Now, while you're looking those stats up, you can get everything kind of squared away. I'll just go a couple quick news and notes then. Okay. Uh, This week, Alexander Steen was nominated for the Masteron Trophy, which is basically given to annually to a player that exemplifies perseverance, sportsmanship, and dedication to the game of hockey. Uh, Congrats to him. Every team now has one person they approach nominate put forward. Uh, That's the Blues representative is Alexander Steen. Uh, another big story this week, uh, somebody who's getting very big now nationally, uh, TJ Oshie was on the Today Show yep. uh, with his fiance Lauren Cosgrove. Cosgrove? Cosgrove. Correct. And uh, basically talking about Oshie's uh, daughter was uh, still in the hospital. As I unfortunately noticed that my our daughter was in the hospital for uh, 10 days after she was born, because she was born early. So I was able to tell when every time he was holding her, I was like, that looks a lot like the NICU at St. Louis Children's hospital because we were in that one so and then lo and behold like I, my wife saw it she's like yeah it looks exactly similar because all the rooms are pretty similar and we're like oh wow it looks pretty much so she's been uh in there and it sounds like she's gonna be come home soon she had some kind of gastric um issues after she was yep. born had to have surgery right after she was born which is obvious as, as a parent i can tell is very scary and he only missed that one game so i mean good on him man yeah so he was in there um and you saw him take a lot of pictures. Yep. It, you know, so he's been there a lot. So good for him to you know share that story with uh, everybody nationally, get some more uh, publicity for him and everything. So and and uh, congrats on your fiance too. Very attractive. Very lots of congrats on that. Yeah. So Chicago uh, only has three games left. They have Montreal, Washington, and Nashville. And and as I'm looking at it, uh, Chicago after today's game sits with 105 points. Uh, the best they can do right now is tie the Blues, and that is if the Blues don't get another point the rest of the year. So so it looks like worst case scenario, the Blues finish second in the conference. Yeah. So they either win the division, or they would have home ice against Chicago in the first round. Yep. So that's uh, important stuff. So unfortunately, now I'm, also though, keep in mind. Go for no, it. never mind. I'm sorry. Uh, I was going to say that uh, Colorado has a game in hand, but that's because they haven't played tonight. They're playing tonight, so um, could be a still could be five points, could be three points. So it depends if the Blues win a couple. When say Colorado loses the next two games, we win the Washington game, then we automatically clinch because there's all the best they could do is a. Uh, Six points and maybe up by seven. So right now, the best that uh, Colorado can do with four games remaining, so eight plus whatever they have. Well, they have played seventy-seven games as of five games right now. So ten points is what they can max out. So they would have one hundred and sixteen points. We have one hundred. So we need five. One hundred eleven. We need five points to clinch the division. Yep. So we need five out of a possible eight eight points. To 100 percent clinch, 100 percent clinch. Well, without if, if they win out, we win out. Type Correct. Thing. Right. right, right. So that's basically what we need. So a lot of uh, different scenarios going on. So I hope we can keep that straight for Again, you. Again, and the sad part is, is it didn't need to be this difficult. Yep. And then they made it. They, like I said, they made their own bed. So hopefully, blues hockey. Yeah. Nothing's easy, man. And Nothing's just easy. Making the Blues fan base even more worrisome. More gray hairs coming. Yeah. Like it's gonna be a rough. Like I said, like. If they go far, which I'm praying they go far, um, it's not going to be a good couple months. I'm just going to be so stressed out. Now, and we should recap, and maybe we wait until next week to do this. Um, we need to recap the contingencies on the Ryan Miller trade. 
It's if we, we sign, him. sign him before the draft or, or we make the Western Conference Finals. Correct. That third round pick becomes a first? This year, yes. Okay. Got it. So, um, which is, if you look at it, like say the Blues, like it winds up happening and we get Edmonton the way they're going, we could only wind up dropping a few picks. Right. You know, overall. I mean, it's nice that we have that top, you know, whatever pick we wind up getting. Sure. But still, it'd be all right. Like I said, if you just got to make sure, unfortunately, the, now on the draft, the draft team or draft uh, department needs to just make sure they hit on all those second and third rounders and, Find solid players. Which the Blues have had a phenomenal run of doing. Like Raddy's been good. Yeah, the Blues are in this situation because Edmonds, uh, of, of great drafting over the years. Mm-hmm. So they've been doing. I mean, pretty well. Like at least getting solid players that are yep. taking time developing. So, um, like I said, Blues fans, it'll be all right. I saw one buddy said it's Ty Raddy time, which I'm like, no. The dude's I, too small. The dude's too small right now. Do what's going to happen? You know what? But to his defense. He's scoring. I'll give you that. But I, I've seen nothing out of Yaskin that's made me say, this dude's ready for the NHL. So I get that he has the size and Raddy doesn't, but what would it hurt at this point to let the kid skate? If he goes out and just gets destroyed, okay, send him back to Chicago and we'll try again next year. But it's not like taking Yaskin out of the lineup is going to take a lot away from what you have right now. It's yeah. not like he's contributing a ton to this team. So why not try? Yeah. Uh, well, I think uh, you just got to roll with you. I mean, I think you just need to go with what you have. So well, I agree. I mean, look, uh, hopefully in two weeks time, we don't care because we have Steen and Tarasenko back. We have our healthy team and we're rolling into the second round of the playoffs. Yep. So the last thing is Tarasenko skating. Uh, still has a cast. Uh, the, uh, supposedly, uh, Hitchcock said they'll have a not reevaluated like they talked about, but just kind of like where he's sure, at. But he was uh, had a stick, but he was doing this light passing, not ready for shooting drills, is what I read. So that's not bad. I mean, it's not bad. I don't think he's going to be ready for playoffs. No, I still think that your They're, best case scenario seeing Tarasenko return for the second round. Yeah, at the absolute, which I think a, a rush job. Game seven of the first round. Yeah, I would say even a six was my thing. If you, depending on how things are going. If it's a game six where we need to win, I yes. think he's in. If it's a game six where we can afford to drop it and go to seven, then I think he still holds off. Yep. Um, I don't think you push Tarasenko in until you're on the brink of elimination, which, God help us, I hope is not in the first round. Yeah, I mean, uh, same with Steen, too. Hopefully he uh, does uh, hold, gets healthy. I've heard nothing about what this injury is. Like, I'm, assuming nothing. It, I'm assuming it's the shoulder from earlier. I I would think, but like you know, at least like with Tarasenko, they said upper body injury, and then it came shortly after he broke his hand. Yep. I've seen nothing across the internet at all about what this mysterious upper body injury is. Yep. So uh, we're gonna skip a couple of our normal things because we got a, we're gonna have a uh, interview in a couple minutes here with uh, the guys on the Beyond Checkerdome, uh, which podcast. I think might be one of the best. Blog names ever. Yep. So the guys that uh, write a lot. So Tyler Atwood and uh, Tim Crone. So looks. Uh, I like their writing, and also they do the St. Louis Game Time, which they yep. have the articles that are that's the paper that's sold right outside the arena every day. Correct. So uh, they are on there quite a bit and on the website. So we're gonna have an interview with them coming up. That will be on the end of the podcast. We're gonna record that now after we get done here, and we'll be in good shape. So cool. I think that's it. We're just going to also with our – I'll just do a couple quick reminders. Send more of your uh, your nominations for the St. Louis Blues Hall of Shame. That seemed to go over really well last week. Yeah, we, we originally had talked about doing one each week, and then we just really kind of rethought. We were afraid that if we started putting someone in each week, we would blow through people way too quick. Yeah. So we're either going to do every other week or once a month. We're still not sure. So send, uh, send your nominations in. We've had some really good ones. And uh, it's going to be hard, man. I, I've obviously nominated my person for this month, which is uh, Caroline. Uh, I'm sorry, Catherine Janney slash Shanahan. Yeah, and a good one at that. Um, yeah, I'm still working on mine. I, I want to look around some more. Well, we we threw some out last week, so I think yeah, I'm thinking every other week through the rest of this season, and yeah. then it'll be something maybe next year we'll do like once a month. Okay. Possibly. We'll see how things are. Like we said, we, there's plenty of nominations. Like you oh, said, there's we a don't, lot out there. We don't want to blow through a bunch and then start throwing out there. So you have like, 
you know, somebody really bad. We're just like, oh, what? Why is that guy in here? Like Donald Trump in the WWE, like right you now. Yeah, no need to that. That's like you know very bad. I'm just because you know most Hall of Fames have you know pretty good guys. I can't really think of one off the top of my head. Indeed. I'm in I'm in WrestleMania mode right now. So anyway, <laughs> so we're in good shape. Um, thanks for listening. Uh, be next thing is be our. Uh, interview and i'll be at the end of the podcast so catch you guys next week hopefully we can be talking about a better one way or the other we're talking about the playoffs next week yep so we'll see the blues matchup i think i'm we're going to talk about getting a uh i might have our jeff ponder come over and do the uh playoff preview for Great. all teams so Great. we might do that depending chris hopefully could be here depending on the week goes for that or they also have Jeff in just because Jeff does a podcast about the whole NHL. So, cool. Me and you, even though we do have a good amount, it'd be good to have the perspective. Sure. So, all good. I'll catch you guys next week. <laughs>